Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about concierge service. The help of special guest, Amy Chanferani of Teakwood Builders, Inc. in Saratoga Springs, New York. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Tim Fowler Show. As I always do, and you probably get tired of hearing of this, Uh, Let me know if I can get something on the air that will help you be better at your business, better at production, better at life, I guess. Send anything to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So concierge service. This is handyman business with a fancy name. So I believe the rate of failure for this type of company or this type of service in a full-line remodeling company is somewhere between 95 and 98%. I've just seen it over and over again where people try to make this happen and it fails or it isn't as successful as they want it to be. Now, we've already had at least one company on uh, talking about their success, uh, Schlegel Design Build in Kansas City. And so whenever I find one that's successful, I try to get them on to the show so we can share some of the secrets with others out there and maybe help some businesses. So so I visited Teakwood Construction uh, many years ago to do a little bit of training, and I've been back uh, several times over the years just to do some touch-up forum, talking about lead carpenter systems and project managers and all kinds of different things. And they're a high-end, top-of-the-line company. They do remodels and new builds all over Saratoga Springs, New York. And I'm just going to say the surrounding area, because when they talk about it, it's I think it's a big area. We get our guests to uh, kind of elaborate on that. They are a very, very successful company. The owner has uh, done a great job of just making sure that the company runs successfully. And I know for some companies, when things are successful, They kind of go like, all right, let's just stay with what we've got. Let's focus on our strengths, which isn't always a bad idea. But then others go like, all right, we've got that kind of nailed. Let's see if we can develop another revenue stream. And so by doing that, not only do they develop another revenue stream, but in my opinion, they become less... um, problematic in a recession because there's several different ways that they can actually be out in the community doing the work that they need to do. So hopefully as we talk with our guests today, we're going to find some answers and maybe we're going to be able to help some companies put something like this in place and succeed, not fail. Let's go, Steve. So after leading a successful career as a dog groomer and grooming department manager, Amy left to begin her first position as a client coordinator office manager at Teakwood Builders. The client coordinator role involved working directly with home remodel and new home build clients, the interior designers and vendors, including plumbing, lighting, and and, uh, electrical. 
Concierge service began as a one-man band operation with client intake, scheduling, and performing the work. Previous concierge manager made a career change outside of Teakwood Builders, and welcomed and they welcomed another team member into the role of client, concierge services project manager. Their service requests grew to where this department required the addition of two more full-time carpenters. Amy began involving and assisting with the lead intakes, scheduling, and managing the field team. It soon became obvious that this division required a full-time coordinator. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Okay, so as we get started here, just give us a little bit more. I indicated in the intro that Teakwood covers a broad area. Give us just a little bit more about the company as a whole and maybe the extent of the area that you guys are working in. Sure, uh, the company as a whole, we, so most of our projects are in Saratoga Springs. We do several up in the Lake George region and then as far south as like the Albany Delmar region as well. Okay, cool. So um, tell us a little bit about the concierge service, just in the over, overview sort of, as you look at it, what is it? So we consider our concierge services division, our small projects slash handyman division. So there are a lot of the projects that you can't really find someone to do for you, but they need to be done. <laughs> so someone's got to do them. <laughs> okay. So the small projects. Now there's always this big debate, right? Because I know one company that calls small projects like $70,000 and below, or even even like anything that doesn't involve design is a small project. How do you at Teakwood define the small project? So our small projects sometimes um, require design and design involvement. We try to stay away from that as you know so much because it does get a little bit more complicated, but we call small projects like installing built-ins. Um, we're gonna be rebuilding a porch for a client that that type of thing. So we consider that like a small project. Yeah. So I looked at the website and um, I think there are 35 or 34, something like that, different examples of things that, that you guys have put out there to the general public. Then they seem to be more repair oriented or maybe small installations like a built-in or something like that. Yes, that's correct. We do a lot of we do a lot of drywall repair. We do a lot of exterior siding repair, rat repair, things like that. We do have clients that get new light fixtures. They really just want them swapped out. So we have um, our project manager. He's pretty well rounded with electrical work and plumbing and things like that. So he kind of takes those projects on. Um, we just had a client ask us to put together a patio set that she ordered and didn't want to put together. So, I mean, we cater to things like that as well. That sounds really cool. All right, so we've just yeah. got to stop for a moment. And I just have to ask you about the dog grooming. So, <laughs> like, I, you know, I've never met anybody, I guess I could have in my life, but I've never met anybody that was a dog groomer. So were you, did you work for yourself or was it for one of the big stores and you worked and you just, took care of the dogs that came in from there. What was that about? So kind of funny. I was um, 22. I just turned 22. I was doing college. I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I kind of stopped doing that. And a friend of mine was learning how to be a dog groomer. So she invited me 
um, to apply for a dog bathing position. And I, I started out washing dogs and then my boss quickly saw, she's like, all right, you're not just, you know, a dog bather is a pretty important position. And she's like, let's teach you how to groom dogs. And I kind of just like took off with it. It was pretty natural for me. So yeah, kind of funny story about that is, um, a lot of the clients that I had dog grooming, are similar the same clients that we have here at teakwood so it's pretty cool so i left them i left where i worked dog grooming and now i can kind of talk to them on this end okay so i know uh from the bio that you you were at you were first in the office manager role so again this my brain's just going like how do you go from dog groomer to office manager what what prompted you to go like, hey, I think I could do that job over there at Teakwood? Well, after doing it for 13 years, you know, it kind of puts a toll on your body, right? I'm hunched over all day. I love the dogs. I mean, it was pretty emotional for me to leave, honestly. But <laughs> at that time, I was, you know, reconsidering my career. I've always had an interest in like home remodeling. I've watched the HGTV shows and all of that stuff. So it was always like a background interest of mine. So um, friends that I had that worked here had mentioned an opening in the office position. And I was like, well, I wonder if that's something that I could do. And I knew I had to make the move. So I did. And there I was. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny. It sounds like an old carpenter story, man. My body just couldn't take it anymore. So I had to get into management. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so let's get started back on the concierge thing. So how did this service start at Teakwood? Do you, do you have some background there where you can say the thought process or the ideas that were coming out that said somewhere the owner and others might have said, hey, we need to get this started. I do, yes. So it kind of started organically with wrapping up clients' projects. They would kind of make the request, hey, can you come back and do this? Can you come back and do that? You know, things that were unrelated to the actual project that wouldn't be like a change order or anything, or can you come back for, for maintenance? So of course we want to take care of our clients. I mean, our little motto is clients for life. So we were taking carpenters that were working on other projects and, you know, having them go take care of tasks for the clients whose projects we just wrapped up. So there was kind of the need for it there. And it was a little bit of a challenge because we weren't, we didn't have like the designated guy to go do it. Yeah. That's one of the ways that I think this, um, handyman or concierge service fails is trying to pull people from other divisions within the company and they're sometimes they're available you don't have anything for them to do and sometimes you have a lot to do and they're not available so there just seems to be a lot of disappointment so the company if i can reiterate the company felt like they needed designated people to take care of these requests that the clients were making Correct. Right. So if you have your carpenters working on the critical path for a project, it's, you know, tough to kind of pluck them away to send them to take care of clients um, who are requesting these smaller tasks. So yeah, we'll get to it in a minute. But I know, too, that sometimes when somebody's in the middle of framing, they don't want to go do a, a drywall patch at somebody's house. It's just they it, it just doesn't feel like the right thing. So we'll talk about that challenge in a minute. So what what were some of the challenges getting started that to get this system started? 
So one of the challenges was not having a full schedule for actually designating that one carpenter to that division. So how was that overcome? Marketing. <laughs> good answer. That's a good yeah. So when the company started to market this division, it kind of took off. Yeah, I think that's an important. So maybe just let's let's just kind of touch on that a little bit. How was it marketed? Do you have a, a good sense because you're calling it concierge service? Um, what was the what did the marketing look like? Was it postcards? Was it uh, TV ads? What what was it that you did to reach out to that community? It was postcards. So okay. we had a list of previous clients and then a list um, for targeted areas and the postcards would be generated to those folks. Wow. Okay. So you start, you got that. Any other challenges with kind of getting it started? Uh, who's who's going to be that guy <laughs> within the team? Like who's going to be the guy to um, be designated for this division. And it's kind of a cool story. Um, and I actually just learned this out, how this division got the name. Um, we had a carpenter on our team who in the past was a hotel concierge. So he was the guy, he was the right fit for this division. And it kind of just fit to call it concierge services, which I thought oh, was wow. a great story. And so somebody from the team thought that would be a good place for them to be, would be in this repair uh, business. You didn't have to go outside and find somebody. Correct. Wow. That's, that's probably, yeah, that's probably the best way to go because then they know the company and they know uh, what the standards are and, and, and those sorts of things. And so, uh, an ex-concierge for a hotel now becomes yeah. the concierge for uh, Teakwood Builders to the community. Very cool. So it's the marketing or not having enough uh, to do for the one person. It's finding the right person. And uh, any other challenges that you that you saw in, or they saw? Because I think you came in after this was all set up, right? I did. I came in several years after. Yeah. So anything else that you've kind of heard about this, the challenges that might've been there? I think that's, that's the background that I got for it. Okay, cool. All right. So now the types of projects, we've talked a little bit about the types of projects that you do. Is this a, a cost plus or time and, excuse me, time and materials type of setup, or do you give people a fixed price? We do not do fixed pricing. We do the time and material basis. Okay. And then um, what else about that? Just so people can understand a little bit about how you actually uh, send the bill. What, what goes, what, what uh, parameters are there? So we bill as hours are accrued okay. plus a markup, a small markup on materials that are utilized for the completion of the project. So I'm going to assume that the price you bill for hourly has basically its own markup in it. It's not what you pay the carpenter or just, or the job cost, right? That's correct. That's yeah. Correct. Okay. So I did notice on the website that um, there's a dollar amount per hour, and then there's a dollar amount for out of the Saratoga County or something like that. Is that 
like an extra fee that you put on there for additional mileage and the further out they are? That is a, yes, sort of. That's a fee that we charge. So we're, so if we leave one job in Saratoga and we drive, you know, 25 miles, 30 minutes down the road, we're not absorbing all of the cost of that because our jet, our big working area, particularly for the concierge services is in Saratoga Springs. Oh, okay. So outside the county of, we do implement that, that fee. We're not charging them by the hour to drive to their I home, but we're charging them a nominal fee. Okay, so it's, it's for the drive time if they have to go a long, long distance to get to Correct. the next job. Yeah, okay, that's cool. That's something that probably a lot of companies uh, need to really kind of get a, get a fix on. So I guess, um, so going back to this idea of who uh, this person is, um, how do you get, how do you find people like this? It's hard. <laughs> it's really, it's difficult. Um, because you want that guy there who is pretty particular about the work. You want him to, to be, to care about the clientele. You want him to be pretty well-rounded and, you know, to have the quality of work that our clients expect from our company. So, um, after our original project manager, uh, made his career change, we actually welcomed in uh, for a project manager that worked on our larger remodeling projects and, you know, our million dollar plus new home builds. So it was another employee of ours that kind of took over that position. So this is fantastic. Just kind of hearing how it started. I love that you said, um, you know, a lot of this comes from the customers for life where a lot of people or, or a lot of companies that I see uh, are, are trying to stay within that 250,000 that, that, annual or that average project range. And, you know, if it's not at that level, they'll usually tell people to look elsewhere or refer them to somebody else. So you get to, you know, cultivate that, uh, that customer for life. But have you found that this concierge services has also fed the much larger projects as well? I mean, you obviously have the, the larger projects feeding the concierge, your customer for life, but how has, you know, putting together a um, you know, a furniture set or whatever led to, have they led to larger remodels as well? Uh, that has happened. Yes. We had um, some folks give us a call who bought their, I'm not sure if you're aware, Saratoga Springs has the track and that kind of brings in folks that have second or third homes here to enjoy the summer season. So we had some folks who own some horses and they purchased a house in town. And I think they were just kind of calling around, trying to look for people to work on their home, that type of thing. And um, we started doing repair work for them and turns out they are now um, involved in doing a much larger remodel throughout the home and looking at us to complete that. Yeah. yeah. Is there any kind of wet mechanism that makes that happen? I guess, is there, or is it just you wait for them to call you back or does somebody at the end of the concierge service say, hey, we do bigger jobs too, if you're interested. I'm just kind of curious about is there like a little marketing going on during the service that says, hey, we'd love, yeah. love to work on your home? I don't think, I wouldn't say that there's any active marketing going on. I think just naturally, you know, being involved in the larger projects, it kind of comes up in conversation, particularly when folks talk about larger projects. 
No, yeah. somebody always wants to have something done on their house. So if we're there, you know, to do a drywall repair, or do something small, they always mention, oh, you know, I kind of want to get this bathroom done, you know, that type of stuff too. Yeah. Or do you know anyone? Can you refer anyone? So I, I think that happens pretty organically yeah. as well. And that's the tricky part, Tim is, and then Amy is, I think sometimes you don't want to, you get so with marketing, you want to attract you know, a certain clientele that's going to be doing these large remodels. So that when you're also, you know, marketing for the smaller jobs, um, you know, to me, it seems like it's got to be handled just right uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, to, to still get uh, business going in both directions. Agreed. So you've mentioned a couple of times the project manager and then the lead carpenter in this service, what's the difference in their roles or uh, how, how do you, what does the project manager do over and above what the lead carpenter might be doing? So the project manager, he is um, a bit more experienced. Uh, all, we have three guys on staff. They're pretty well-rounded. Our project manager is a bit more experienced. He's been a carpentry his entire life. He is also the type of guy who loves a challenge and is a problem solver, and he's incredibly smart. So if there's a problem and the other two on the team aren't quite confident or, you know, have a few questions, they always turn to him. Okay. And he oversees that the project is getting done, you know, to our standards. He's sort of your field general that's out there in the field, in a truck, and if if the other parts of the team need some help. He's the resource that they go to, to make sure that things get, they, they do the, do the job correctly. Is that, is that Absolutely. how it is? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's also working in the field as well. Hi, Tim Fowler here. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've likely heard about our roundtables program. Well, I'm here now to tell you that we have a very similar program for production managers. If you're not familiar with it, a few years back, we took the roundtables concept that's been so popular with Remodelers Advantage members, and we started groups specifically for production managers. Very similar in format to what the owners are doing, but focused on production issues and really diving into the best practices among some of the best remodeling companies out there. We meet twice a year for two days at each meeting, collect and discuss performance metrics for each company, and we support each other throughout the year with what we call as microboards, smaller groups of peers who meet monthly via Zoom to discuss issues and ask for input. So whether you are a business owner looking to improve your production team or a production manager that might need more help taking your department to the next level, we have a spot for you. If you're interested in learning more, email me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com and I'll tell you all about it. All right, so walk us through the path of a job. Just some job is going to come through. How does it get started? And then how does it get completed? Not necessarily the physical work, but the billing for that, for that job. How do you guys get paid? How does it come in and how do you get paid and everything in between? Okay. So uh, surprisingly, we don't get as many phone calls as you would think, you know, 
with the technology these days, everyone's on the Google anyway. So our formal uh, request for service is actually via our website. We have a submission form on the website, though I'm more than happy to take phone calls and, and talk about the projects. The majority of our folks find our submission form on the website and a lot of our clients are repeat clients as well. So there are places to log in your tasks, your task requests, and we also allow the capability to upload photos to that submission form as well. So you're jotting down your request, what you'd like us to do, here are some photos, and then you agree to our rates and our terms. So on that form, it kind of serves its purpose as a contract. You're agreeing to our rates. This is what we charge hourly. This is what it's going to be. And then they submit that form and along with me, the field team, and a couple of other office members get that form in their email. So that form comes in. I follow up with the clients um, within two business days. I chat with them about any specifics that they've left out. You'd be surprised how non-descriptive folks are in, in requesting things. So I give some more details. Uh, if they haven't sent photos, I will likely ask photos if it's something that will help the process um, get started. And then at that time, I make the determination if it's something that needs a site visit that needs to be assessed by our project manager, if it's something I can go ahead and schedule. Okay. And then how do you decide who gets it? How do you decide who gets that particular job? So it's actually worked out pretty great where, um, my, the project manager, he does the solo man projects. And then we kind of have like a two-man team that requires two, two carpenters to work on them. And it really has happened where it's worked out that well, where I can fill the schedule with projects that require two guys or, okay. you know, projects that require our project manager. So how far out are you booked right now? We are actually booking into October right now. Wow. Yeah, we even have some, we still have projects scheduled in November and December, and we have some on the calendar for next year. Wow. So, any thought of another technician? Not at this time. Okay. All right. I'm not applying for the job. I'll guarantee I'm not hunting for a job here. So, the the guys go out, they they do the work. How does the client get billed? So the client gets billed, we use a program called QuickBooks Time. They log their time in there with some some notes that can be translated to the invoices and they are billed bi-weekly as hours are accrued. So it's not when the project is complete, it's just the billing goes out bi-weekly. Okay, but if it's done in a week's time, then they just get a final bill. Correct, yes. And and do do you manage that billing process as the coordinator? Not at this time. That okay. is something that will be on the on my docket, but not at this time. Okay, but somebody there in the office sends a bill out. The handyman doesn't, or the concierge doesn't necessarily hand the client an invoice and collect a check. That's correct, okay. because there'll be materials that need to be accounted for, that type of thing. Okay, cool. Really cool. So, so what do you think is like the biggest thing that makes this work? The biggest thing that makes this work is having the team that wants to do it because it's not for, it's not for all of the team. We have our, our team that does concierge and our team that does the larger projects. And 
some guys, they some carpenters want to be on the project from start to finish, like the larger remodeling projects. They want to see it through. Some carpenters like the, the different day-to-day or every couple of days or week-to-week. They like that different outlook with their work schedule. So when I was in business, Amy, I, you know, for me, it was two things. You know, I, I considered doing this, let it be called a handyman division or something similar, kind of a residential property manager, you would call it. Um, but um, it was basically, I was always nervous about keeping people busy you know, at that time where work was a little more scarce um, and just to diversify the service offering. But so Tim mentioned the success rate of a lot of these other attempts by companies he's met. You guys do it fantastic. Is there something you can name or something to look out for if they were to attempt this or something you could say, maybe this is a potential downside. You may have made it an upside, but is there anything to look out for in particular if people are going to start this? Um, I think we can recommend doing the small manageable handyman projects, something that you don't require the designer for, something you don't require the engineer for. Yeah, it feels like you have to have some kind of standard. You have to have yeah. something Defined. that says this fits in this department. And again, I think where the challenge has been for a lot of companies is they, they let it bleed. You know, they kind of go like, oh, well, the handyman can take care of this while, you know, or concierge can take care of this. No, no, that's a that's a build project versus the concierge service. So um, this has been so cool, Amy. I, I, I think, like I said in, in the intro, we've we've done this with one company already. You're the second one. Uh, that we've talked to a little different flavor, a little bit different insight into it. And I think if people pay attention, they can really do some good things in terms of getting something like this started. So um, would it be okay for you to share the volume that you do in that in the business or, or do you have that right at hand? I know that's something we didn't ask ahead of time, but. Um, the volume that we share. Yeah, are... like per year, is it a, you think you're doing 500,000, 700,000 a year, something like that, or is it? Uh, we're over six. Over six at this over point. Six, okay, yeah. cool. And booked booked with some jobs into 2023, which is that. Yeah, well, you know, there's only so much work you can do in, in the in the summer months that sometimes right. we have to say, does next spring work for you? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, this is fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Amy. This has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you, Amy. Take care. You as well. So, Tim, um, like I mentioned, I had always uh, looked at something like this. We've seen two examples of people doing it really well. Really awesome. I, I just, I love this customers for life uh, mindset of, at Teakwood. Uh, what, what are some of your takeaways here? Well, I think, you know, one of the things is they started it because their clients were asking for it. It was not just somebody sitting in a conference room saying, hey, I think we should start a handyman service because somebody else started one. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's more about need than it is about just wanting to do do something different. Yeah, and I think I think that was a, a, a really important part of it. Uh, you know, the marketing, I think, is always a big deal. Um, just making the time to 
uh, say, what do we want to do? And then getting the word out to past clients, I think was what she said originally. And then obviously it, it bleeds over into the common market, if you will. Um, almost all the systems that I've seen are done uh, time and material, although maybe there's a, a split that way. I think that's another uh, thing. I think one of the cool things is the submissions from the website. And as I indicated during the interview, I did go to the website and I toyed with the idea of sending Amy a request for uh, <laughs> for concierge <laughs> service just to see what would happen. But I did not do that. Um, but that's the way they get their information is through that web that web page. Yeah. So this was really, really helpful. And I hope, you know, for the listeners out there, if this is a consideration that, you know, they can take some of the steps that they went in to create this and uh, make it their own. So once again, we want to thank Amy Chanfarani for joining us today. And we want to thank you for always listening to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.